after taming the flames of the witch fire, the heroes gather to tend their burns and the strange cursed flames that still lingered upon them. They caught a glimpse of the past through a psychic resonance imprinted upon a burned out pillar and left behind by a powerful egg that was betrayed by Belcora and burned alive, which had formed their now destroyed foe. Within the charred stasis chamber laid undoubtedly powerful magic items left behind by the egg. But thinking twice about being caught from behind again, the heroes turned again toward the western door and readied themselves for confrontation. Opening the door, they were immediately faced with a massive, single, decaying hand mounted to a wall next to a series of crudely drawn maps. In the corner stood a man dressed in an array of colorful robes and attire. In no uncertain terms, this creature made it obvious that he was the motley man and had been speaking to Doriana in her dreams, revealing she had true psychic potential and that he had planned to foster it to fruition. Tulak flew into a rage at his callous treatment of an innocent child. And the battle began with weapons drawn, magic cast, and the lunging of that massive hand upon the wall. So I couldn't help but notice uh, we've got some rather apt color schemes going on on your tokens. I know the listeners can't quite see that, but you know, for every character, we've we've uh, uh, had to make choices of what color this circle on your token would be. Tudlox has always been this nice light little purple. Kruka is a nice forest green, as it were. Uh, Zori's got this sort of golden yellow, and uh, Lump's got a nice uh, solid red color. I think these are all quite appropriate. Uh, Zori, you know, being a a ship captain and a trader, possibly smuggler on the side, or maybe a a lot, I don't know. Follower of Abadar. Yeah, gold. Uh, That gold color, follower of Abadar, great great point. Uh, It's a a very apt choice. you know, Krukka being a bit of a hermit in the woods. Forest green, why not? Tulak always always described his magic with the, the color purple, if I recall correctly. And his clothes. And his clothes. Uh, and then uh, Lump is, feels really appropriate given how much uh, they seem to want people to bleed. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. <laughs> 
Um, so it got me thinking about sort of uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, color, uh, color association. You know, and how it you know, some people just like naturally associate uh, colors of things. Like I remember for, for whatever reason this popped in my head. I remember like. Uh, James is laughing hysterically right now, and I have no idea why. Uh, it's because, James, <laughs> I figured out what, what makes James laugh, and it's whenever you're searching for a word, and I just say, like, the <laughs> dumbest word. <laughs> oh, my God. It gets me every time. <laughs> it never misses. Uh, <laughs> Um, I remember when I was when I was younger, like, you know, associating colors to, like, the months of the year for whatever reason. Uh, and like, I, you know, when we start playing D&D and stuff like that, I was like, what color is said school of magic for whatever reason? And I think D&D even covered that at one point a long time ago. Um, There's color association to that. Um, so I was just kind of wondered if you guys have any like particular uh, ones that stand out to you. If you actually bother going through this process, is um, anyone want to surprise us with a, the reveal to have the synesthesia or something? I've only had synesthesia once and it was under the influence. So like, <laughs> that's just called getting high. <laughs> <laughs> how high i've never been that high smoking weed yeah I, I just have a like the deep story behind the forest green of Krakka is actually um my childhood was pretty surrounded by uh older brothers who none of their favorite color was green so that was always the game piece that i got to choose <laughs> you were always oh. Green. <laughs> oh is that why you chose it for Krakka? You just you feel locked into green all the time. I green's kind of been what I went towards, but no, I don't really have any particular associations with it. I think this might have been the same case where I was probably the last to pick because I'm also pretty lazy. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I can barely paint. Uh <laughs> What about you, James? You you always have weird uh, uh, memory techniques and associations uh, to get yourself through uh, life. Yeah, very few of them involve color. I use color as an organizational tool more than anything. So when I see color, I associate it with a specific thing that I have to do in my calendar. Mm -hmm. But there's way back in the day, um, and I mean like five or six years ago, there was a there was a show uh, by the people who did Crack.com, and it was a podcast, and they did a, a podcast on color theory. And one of the things that always stood out to me was Baker Miller Pink. If you guys don't know about this, this is essentially the color of Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. And what they used to do was paint, um, like drunk tanks are painted this color pink. There was oh. a time in college uh, American football that they would paint the uh, visiting team's dressing room this color. Because there were a lot of studies done suggesting that this um, inhibits aggression and it's actually a very common color. Like this is apparently the most col common color and it Until. can just brain hack you into like docility. Crazy. Uh, to the point where it is no longer uh, a viable strategy. Like you cannot in American college football um, paint the opposing dressing room this color. It's also, um, and on the flip side of it, black is one of the most aggressive colors. Uh, specifically in sports like if we look at the uh i actually don't know where the fuck they're located these days but the raiders they seem to bounce back and forth they might be back in oakland i don't know don't at me i don't care about american football um <laughs> but the san jose sharks had to get rid of their black jerseys for a couple of years and stuff like that because there was a couple of anecdotal studies done about how black makes a team more aggressive if they're wearing it Crazy. and then if, if you're in this pink color it it calms you down I'm not wow. sure what the the ver like how 
verified these studies are, but that mm. concept always stood out in my mind is that you can use colors to change the way people think. Like there's um in Japan, I think I think it was Japan, I'm probably misquoting this, but they painted all of their red bridges blue. Mm-hmm. And it's because blue is a common color and it makes you rethink thoughtful. your yeah. uh yeah, it makes you more thoughtful. So Japan hasn't had a bridge-related suicide or their their bridge-related suicides dropped by something astronomical since this happened. And there's been Why? a campaign to to paint the San Francisco Bridge blue for like a decade because of this reason. Because people no just keep way. fucking offing themselves on it. Yeah. That's wild. That is so cool. What a what a what a sort of like really kind of hard to understand but you know is trackable you can verify some context of of a reaction and and that sort of thing but but it's like why is it that you know it's so that's so interesting but that's why video games change the colors like it used to be red versus blue right but Mm. they found that the red teams were winning statistically higher because of this they were more aggressive and yeah no and so like a lot of video games have changed it to like blue and purple or colors that are still like distinguishable from each other, but it's not using red or anything else like that. Mm. Uh, the biggest thing though, like when you said Baker Miller pink, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. It worked for a little bit, but they found that it was actually like making people kind of crazy. Cause it only works for like the initial exposure for like an hour. And so like it works for sports, but like in terms of jail and inmates and things like that, it does mm. not work in the long term. Yeah, no. I yeah, can't it's specifically called whatever. drunk tank pink up here because you, they only paint the drunk tank this yeah. color to keep you <laughs> in check. I've been in a drunk tank, and there is not enough pink in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. damn! Uh, so, do you think lumps uh, lumps a current uh, trend of uh, being quite effective? Is anything to do with uh, their red ring around the token? Absolutely. <laughs> you think it's influenced uh, Foundry's algorithm? It, it has, like psychosomatically, like if it works, it works. So you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, is there a reason you chose red, or uh, just because? So purple is actually one of my favorite colors, but uh, mm-hmm. Scott that son of a bitch who's not here right now and I'll talk all the shit I can uh <laughs> took it first and red just uh well there's a lot of reasons that I like red uh in the United States it's kind of a bad color because of a certain political party we have down here traditionally traditionally it was the color of like socialists and you know right uh I'm yeah. a, I'm a little bit down with that and so well, it's funny how association uh, in that context can change quite a bit. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, no, uh, it just. Yeah. When you're you know talking about like social or political parties or organizations uh, of any kind like that stuff. Oh, yeah. And just lot, like the way that know? like words have changed, like redneck used to be like striking miners and stuff. And now it's like right. the good old boys with the Confederate flag. And mm-hmm. it's weird. Things are weird. Co-opting. Yeah. That brings us to Scott. Then, is there a particular reason you chose purple uh, for Tulak? The color scheme, the magic, and all that stuff. Uh I just like the color right now, and just I don't know. In. I just kind of like go a through bag. Yeah, I just go through <laughs> phases, you know. Like yeah. when I was young, green was my favorite color, and then as I got older, black became my favorite color, and red, and then I like gold for a while, and now I like purple. And I All like right. turquoise too. 
Color's a fickle mistress for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, my interests change pretty often. And then also, I also just like th- think that like purple for a long time, like I feel like got called out as like a girl's color, like as if that's like a bad thing queer. or something. Yeah. Or even makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Gendered colors is batshit insane. Exactly. <laughs> and so when I was growing up, I feel like I liked the color, but then everyone was just like, it's a girl color. And like, it was my sister's favorite color. And then I'm just like, I don't know. So in my adult life where I'm just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want, AKA like all the colors that I want, like, which is such a dumb thing to say. Like, yeah, it's a cool color. Yeah. I'm here for it. It's, it can be kind of dark and shit too. Like it's kind of like almost black, but like, you know, it's like moody, right? Like you see purple shit is moody. I agree with you, man. I think purple evokes a lot of emotion and the different shades of purple really, really do evoke that emotional spectrum in a way that I think maybe only shades of red can. Yeah. Like purple, like, like light purple can be very calming, like lavender, like it associates with lavender are calming. And then darker purple is, oh God, stupefied. <laughs> stupefied. Yeah, <and> violet's, <laughs> violet's like this really regal color. Like it's, it's yeah. had so much uh, emotional meaning and context throughout history. Like it's it's pun intended. It's it's rich and it's deep. Mm. And yeah. then there's the uh, infuriating, misty, stupefied purple that's been staring me in the face for three fucking <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Speaking of Tulak casting purple magic, I'm not sure we're gonna see that for this at least this round of combat because you be fascinated and nearly all of your spells. I uh, have the verbal component and you screwed you screwed Scott so um, I know one trick pony uh, <laughs> well let's see let's see what you can pull off for the first time in a long time if ever I can't remember now we've actually uh, had coming back in the middle of a combat I have one thing to cover I was using message uh, as a spell for a little little extra flavor for fun uh, to spend my final action uh, I have to actually sustain uh, hypnotic pattern so couldn't have really done the last one even though that's how i wanted the episode and the episode all cool like uh <laughs> but it didn't really make any it wouldn't have made sense for uh for you clear to let that go uh that being said i also forgot that uh lump would have had the option to react uh with their own rebuttal from that message on their last turn is there anything you would like to have said lump <laughs> in return with the threat of the return to your bonds I don't think that I would have because I didn't know, like, uh, I wouldn't have known if they were going to come and stab me. So I would have wanted to have my shield blocks. I, I don't think I would have. But if you're just giving me a flavor response. like Sure. Flavor response. Why not? <laughs> to make up for my bungle. Soon your blood will coat these entire walls. Try to not get any on the maps. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, all right. Let's uh, hop back in here. We're in round two, near nearing the end of it, with Krukka up, ready to start smashing, I assume. A ready is a relative term, because he is stupefied and fascinated. And dazzled. <laughs> All the good and things. And dazzled. So, step southwest, yeah. and I guess start start the swinging and see what happens. Okay. Uh, so, we're going to need a DC5 flat check in order to see if you can hit... Uh, with the old dazzled that one and that's gonna be a miss hmm, starting out strong 
Uh, second. Uh, Jesus. I feel like I'm going to waste this haste. Because dazzled for. Yeah, concealed for everything. As long as you're in the hypnotic pattern, you're already dazzled. Well, he can't really do anything outside of that hypnotic pattern, being a barbarian. Mm hmm. So, swing with a map minus five. I guess I didn't do the DC5 flat check. There's an 18, but also an 18 okay. on the attack. Uh, that's going to miss. Third action. E. Well, this is fourth action. You stepped. Yeah, fourth swung action. twice. Yeah, haste action. Yeah, I think I did like to attempt to grab. Yeah, so free action. He's going to change his grip and attempt to grab. Okay. So still uh, a map on that. And that's athletics. That's going to be athletics versus my uh, reflex fortitude. I never, I always mix that one up. 22. Uh, 22, no, I'm afraid not. Not that far off, but not, not Yeah, it was a pretty good roll, but dinger. Yeah. Damn. So walking in, just dazzled. This like hypnotic pattern, just like like I said, it's like geometric, like light, like colored lights and shifting patterns all over the place. It's so distracting. Uh, and you swing, swing, uh, take a hand off, try and reach out. Can't quite get there. It's Glastrum Durr's turn. Uh, Glastrum is going to snap their fingers. A small spark will appear in their hand as they fling it into the room. Another produce flame. Uh, that is a 25 to hit. Um, you're going to need a mirror image. Uh, does a 25 hit? Uh, oh, sorry. Let me just... No, it does not. <laughs> okay, then that will take off a mirror because of miss. Oh, is that how that works? It's been a while since I actually... Yes. Any attack that would, that would hit you... Uh, has a random chance, so it has to hit me first. Okay. If an attack fails to hit your AC but doesn't critically fail, oh, it destroys an image. Oh, good call. Yeah, and so Krukka would have taken an image as well. Um. Yeah. True enough. Unless they were critical misses. Yeah. What were your, what were your attack rolls again? Actually, I think you only rolled one of them. Uh. Yeah. The the first one I failed the flat check. The second one was an eighteen. Uh. So that eighteen is not a critical fail. Want to roll me one more just to see if it's uh. Uh, it takes the image away. Oh, if it's not a critical fail, it just automatically takes the image. If he got through the concealment. Yeah, so he would have missed, and then that third one was the grab that failed. Okay, so it was two regular misses and the grab failed? Yes, but uh, one of the okay. misses was a concealed miss, so that's all, that doesn't take an image. Oh, okay, gotcha. I see what you're saying. I, yes. I'm, so I'm, down I'm down two images. Picking up. Yep. Okay, down two images. Thank you. And, Sorry, uh, listeners. Then <laughs> does his happy little deep gnome dance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Tulak. Uh, what the hell can you do? <laughs> you know what, Barn? You're always yeah. getting me down, thinking I'm some sort of one-trick pony. Yeah. Well, I, I ain't. Mean, okay. So Tulak takes a step, five feet, in fact, to the northeast. While doing so, he reaches into a bag upon his belt and pulls out a bone, which <laughs> does not have a verbal component to use. Okay. And so using the bag of bones, he will cast 
um, tangle vine upon the creature. Okay. That's so good. What an excellent <laughs> call. Get what em. the hell does tangle vine do? <laughs> um, okay. A vine appears from thin air, flicking from your hand and lashing itself to the target. Attempt to spell attack roll. Okay. Okay, uh, I have to roll this because I don't actually get my own stats on this. So, 17. Uh, just a quick double check. Uh, I can't seem to quite find it on the fly here, but you have to use an Envision and an Interact to activate these. Uh, isn't Does Envision have the Concentrate trait? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um... It's uh when you activate one of these bones, uh, use one action or more, uh, depending on what you're what you're drawing out, and uh, it has envision and interact. It does not have the concentrate trait. It does not. Okay, never mind. You're good to go then. Thought I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> it has no traits. Okay, interesting. Okay, attempt to spell attack against the target. Uh, except I don't know what I'm rolling against here. There is. Ah. Okay, so I roll a 22. Uh, 22 is a miss. Okay, fair enough. I tried a spell. It didn't work. <laughs> Down That's one more turn. bone. Okay. Down uh, one more bone. All right. Uh, hey, it was uh, definitely not your usual one trick, Mr. Pony. Top of round three, Lump. Uh, Lump is going to look at the creature and attempt to demoralize it with just an unholy low growl. And uh, <laughs> let's see. That is a 14 on the die for a 29. Uh, 29 versus my will DC. That is a success. All right. You become frightened one, and then I am going to continue oh, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. First, I need to hear this unholy growl that's frightened just unclear <laughs> Jesus Christ that, that didn't even really come through discord <laughs> it sounded like you were emptying the sink or something someone was in a metal band <laughs> yeah uh, and that scream continues as lump uh, does uh, brings the their hand and shield next to their mouth and cast painful vibrations and I need a fortitude save Reminder to everyone too that this growl and the hands to the mouth are the mouth is where the eyes should be. <laughs> yes, it's like it's like I have uh, binoculars. <laughs> okay, uh, fortitude save, not my best one. Natural three for an eighteen. That is uh, just a regular failure. Uh, the target will take full damage, which is eight d six. They become sickened one and is deafened for one round. Oh, and that is 22 <laughs> points of sonic damage pulsing through, tearing around in their organs, rattling their bones. Oh, my God. To hear that? All right, sickened one and deafened. Oh, brutal. Okay, and 22 points of damage. Take that. Okay, you just just shaking this, this dude's world. Brutal. Okay, uh, Zori, what do you got? Can I know before I decide to recall knowledge what tradition it would be under? Uh, yeah, occultism. Yeah, she'll attempt to recall knowledge then. Okay. 
uh, let's see. Uh, okay, you, uh, you don't know. I mean, you know this is a denizen of Lang because it is said as much, uh, but you are not familiar with that creature, that type of creature. That makes sense. Okay. You've definitely heard of them, I'm sure, but you know that they're not very common. Uh, her next two actions, she's going to reach out with her hand and just start swaying two fingers very quickly, and it starts to trail as it gets motion blur as she casts slow. Oh, boy. Fortitude save, please. Fortitude save. Again, not my best save. Oh, but I rolled really well. Uh, 33. 33 is a success. You are slowed one for one round. Okay. Oh, brutal. Um, okay, stacking up the shit on this guy. Uh... It's his turn, and he gonna... Let's see, I've got two actions. Uh, gonna sustain, and gonna swing his kukri at Krukka. Oh, 20 to hit. That's a miss. You can't kukri this, Krukka. Uh, that's my, that's my two actions. Uh, you're up, Krukka. That was a terrible round for me. Yeah. Uh, so that haste was just for one round, yeah? It's a minute. A minute? It keeps going, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so first action, he's yeah. going to stride out of the room, uh, striding outside of this little cone of fascination. Uh, actually up here next to, to the west of, uh, Tulak. And then a three-action ring of the ram, baby. Oh boy. Hey, let's uh, go. For the record, you wouldn't be fascinated anymore if that changes things. No, actually, the fascinated remains, but the dazzled will fall off. But the creature used a hostile action. They oh, yeah. To no, attack that's... him with his kukri. Uh, does it automatically fall off, or does he get a check? It automatically falls, it automatically off, falls off. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Good call. Okay. So if that would change things, Duncan. Yeah. Uh, but stepping out of the room, will will you rain dazzled while in there? So you have to roll those flat checks still. So that also might inform your decision. Oh, if I have to roll the flat checks anyways, then I don't know why it moves. No, if you step out of the uh, hypnotic pattern, which you have done already, you no longer have to. Okay. You remain dazzled while you were in the pattern. Okay, yeah. So he will exit the pattern, and then okay. blast. He can only do a three-action ring of the ram, anyways. So uh, fortitude save, please. Fortitude save. Natural one. Yeah, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, no. Critical failure. So that is... Uh, I use a denizen of Lang points. <laughs> 6d6 times two. Then you must be dreaming, bitch. You'll take 40 force damage. Uh, 20 force damage, okay. No, 40. Bam. Uh, 20 times two. 40? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you're also, <laughs> and then you're also pushed into the wall, five feet per action, so fifteen feet pushed into the wall. I don't know if that's more damage. <laughs> I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a, a d6 of damage as he just boom back against the wall and like smacks his head. Go ahead and roll me that. Uh, he's never been punched so hard by someone running away in his life. <laughs> yeah, <she> just <laughs> bails, turns, and starts blasting another three force damage on top of that. Oh. Man, you hit him so hard. Oh, Ring of the Ram for the win. Uh, it's Glash's turn. <laughs> Who's doing a little dance over there. 
Glash is going to look over at Krucka, give the nod, and uh, just keep snapping, snapping along with his dance. Snapping, snapping produce flames. <laughs> Painful vibrations, also the dance that the gnome is doing right now. <laughs> I uh, picture him doing Gangnam style. Oh, okay. <laughs> thirteen for a twenty-seven to hit. Uh that hits. Uh God, rolled awful for eight points of damage. Uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, keeps the dance going. All right, Tulak, what do you got? Oh, by the way, your your fascinated has, has come off as well. I think. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Because it's uh. Yeah, the hostile that any of your allies. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just gonna, you know what? Back to being a one-trick pony. <laughs> yeah, they keep that pony around for a reason. You can't stay away from the trick. One horse town. Okay, uh, Tulok will fire off a telekinetic projectile, sending a stone towards this creature. It's a 33 to hit. Uh, that is a hit. 26 points of bludgeoning damage. Hey. Uh, (laughs) You smack this thing uh, like against the wall and it just like, what did you throw at it? A stone? Yeah. Oh yeah, let's uh, we got one weird image left. Thank you, James. Roll me a (laughs) James also says, sorry. Uh, (laughs) Roll me a D6, please. Five. Oh, you hit the image. <laughs> I would like to use a hero point. Oh, okay. But you can't. This is a d20 roll. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be a d20 roll only. Ah, who cares? Use it. Go for it. <laughs> Two. Okay. You... <laughs> that does it. <laughs> um, you launch a... Would you launch like a stone or a brick or something? Yeah. A stone that's covered in fucking demonic runes. <laughs> <laughs> diabolic, diabolic. You, this guy's basically like back against the wall, just smacked his head, and this thing just comes crashing into his chest, and uh, he just, at his final moments, kind of looks straight at you to like from through the door, and he says, "I." And his body just dissolves into nothing. Just like fades from existence. His clothes and, and uh, drop to the floor and his, uh, his weapon and uh, his belongings, but his body just gone. The last thing he sees is a small gnome dancing away to a sound that nobody can hear. <laughs> Flossing on his haters. Just he's like staring at Tulak, and just behind Tulak is this deep gnome doing a little jig. Come on, do the monkey with me. <laughs> oh man, uh, you have found success in this combat. That wasn't so bad, eh? I really felt like that was going to get away from us. <laughs> Someone roll me an occultism check again. Twenty-eight. The denizen of Lang uh, has something called planar fast healing that can only function when they are not on their home plane of Lang. So it basically has this, they have this constant connection to their home plane. Um, so, so, so long as they are not on said plane, they have fast healing five. It also means 
that when they are killed and not on their home plane, they can't. They are not properly killed. They will reform back on their plane. So Yasan Kalir is not dead. Uh oh. It's like a Rakshasa. <laughs> but of course, with his death, the hypnotic pattern dissipates. What do you do? Bag bag. Zori roots through his pockets. Rooting through the pockets. Uh, and you find uh, a plus one striking Kukri and a uh, a fragment of some sort of pendant and, of course, a flawless ruby. Yeah, she'll do a check on the fragment, I suppose. Uh, sure. Uh, roll me... A religion check. Lump, this pendant appears <laughs> to have some religious significance. Perhaps you could investigate further. She says as she recognizes its occultish or its its religious symbols and, and points in his direction. Uh, they will go ahead and give that blind GM roll to see what they know. Um... It's pretty obvious to you right out of the gate, Lump, especially since you spent some time here. This is uh, a fragment, uh, one-fifth of a uh, pentagram that's kind of hung on a little little chain as a, as a pendant. Wait, a pendant you pin to yourself, don't you? That's a brooch. Oh, brooch. Um, I, I believe it is diabolical in nature. Uh, it appears to be fragment, uh, a fifth of one. Perhaps there will be others down here with the rest, and it may be something that we need to put together to um, complete it, as it were. Is this something we should want to complete? Lump just kind of shrugs. Hmm, interesting. Perhaps it could be some sort of key for us. She'll then hold out the ruby and the striking kukri. She is clearly coveting the ruby, but also uh, wants to make sure that it's available for the party. I'd be careful with that ruby. Ruby. He already said himself that it's, or it was, some sort of a connection to him. We've seen it before in town, the mayor's daughter. He was using it to bring, bring her to him you may hold on to it but I would suggest tucking into something where you're not touching it directly perhaps just a thought Lump will peel back part of their flesh on their arm and just drop the kukri inside okay and with a flick of her wrist the ruby disappears up uh, Izori's sleeves Shrekka having seen how magic all the stuff in that room looked well, Dev immediately turned around uh, to the empty cell and tried to knock that wall down to get the hag bag. Okay. Lump will also go ahead and grab the fragment for now. Tulak kind of brushes past everyone and just begins looking at the papers on the wall. Uh, while he does that, Azori's listening at the door that he was pointing to when he said he had someone trapped. All right, so uh, is are you checking your traps? You said, yeah, specifically at the door that he was kind of gesturing to while he was saying that he had somebody captive. 
Uh, since I'm next to the door, I'd also like to look for traps before something blows up in my face. To, to be clear, he never actually said he had someone captive. He pointed at the map. I'd like to roll back the tape on that one. but Yeah, no, because he pointed to the map because he said, I found her, and he pointed at the, the manor on the hill, is what I said, on the map. Oh, okay. She will then check the room for traps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Checking the room for traps. Uh, Tulak, you are checking around for uh, something to do with the maps. Uh, they look, the maps kind of, they look like they're kind of scrambled together. It's like pieces of parchment and old paper and stuff uh, kind of pinned up uh, next to each other. And um, there's like lines across uh, each edge of the, the paper kind of trailing all over the place. But it's 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 a pretty well-detailed map of, of Otari. Um, uh, but... Um, you don't see anything of particular significance other than, you know, it's it covers the the, you know, pretty accurately the ways the streets go and the the cliff around and um there's a big circle kind of around the manor. Okay. I would like to try to decipher if this is potentially like the penmanship was that of uh, a young girl or if it was him or if it looks to me like he did this from looking at it or from being fed information from someone else and I would like to use bookbinding lore <laughs> of course you would <laughs> uh, I think it's a stretch to say that that applies uh, but why don't you go ahead and roll me a courtesy one anyway? Because uh, I don't know how someone's penmanship has anything to do with book binding. <laughs> What'd you get? <laughs> 28. <laughs> uh, as far as you can tell, it's not the uh, not the work of uh, of a child. That's all I'm giving you. <laughs> There's no like hearts over the eyes? No. <laughs> there are, no, but it's those. actually the, uh, the hundreds year old demon guy that wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's just maps is all that I can see. Just a map of Otari. No annotations. Not really, no. Just uh I mean there's probably annotations of just like uh this appears to be a tavern and, and that's this business and you know uh, uh maybe maybe you see a bit of like um what looks like uh markings of like tracking where Doriana uh may have may have been or goes regularly or some such. Uh, but it's very little because she doesn't travel much. Basically, maybe goes to Ankleholtz for school and then back to the manor again. The occasional trip to the market is what you would assume um, she does uh, around town. That being said, uh, before I forget, I want to throw this. This is a few episodes ago, and uh, Scott gave me some shit uh, for not dropping a hero point uh, for... I think it was him calling out that the motley man or the motley something that we were talking to Jedzeli, um, or, or sorry, talking to uh, Glass Drumdoor about Jedzeli, uh, and I didn't give it to you because I didn't want to give away that you were right until you could could know that you were right and you were right now. Now I'm telling you, so have a hero point. You sometimes I hold point, them back, Rich. Scott, because sometimes I don't want to give away the story in advance. Is there anything else in the room? Just the two doors. And I guess the big old cushion that he was standing on. Uh, yeah, Zori, there are no traps that you can see. Did you roll mine as well? Or are you just saying that so we can move uh, on? No, I didn't roll yours. Okay. Uh, there, I rolled it. No, you don't see anything either. Okay. 
Okay, she does perception at Lador and takes the avoid notice action. You do uh, not hear, smell, or detect anything. Uh, Lump is, while they're rummaging, eh, whatever. I was going to do treat wounds, but we're moving pretty quick. And we'll push open the doors, seeing no traps. All right. You crack the door to reveal a small room with a desk uh, with several stubs of burned candles all over it. The west wall has severed hands that are pinned or nailed to the wall. Uh, There's more than a dozen uh, all along the wall here. And each are badly withered and displayed palm outward. And at the southernmost part of the room is the dead body of Jedzeli, laying in a pool of dried blood. Uh, Lump will go ahead and try to cast Disrupt Undead on these hands nailed to the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, bam, bam, bam. Uh, they okay. are not uh, undead creatures. Am I missing something? Who is Jedzeli? Jedzeli was one of, was the uh, skulk that you found in the kitchen of the tavern that you let go with Glash and uh, Falshi. And uh, when Jedzeli wandered off, that's when they get caught. That's what Glash told you. And he was pretty sure uh, Jedzeli uh, was probably dead. Um, but uh, basically, she had gone off about the motley colored man or motley colored p- creature and stuff um, and kind of wandered off aggressively. Okay, thanks. Lump will go ahead and step into the room and search it. She probably took the ruby. God, I want to do a behind-the-scenes show. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) So many cool things. Um, The uh, Yeah, check on the room around. You don't even need to roll a perception check. You just kind of, like, search around. There's not much in here, uh, but there is one drawer in the desk. I'll pop that open. You pop it open, and inside are two scrolls. Are they on the Divine Tradition? They are Arcane, Divine, and Occult. Okay. Uh, I think I is, just know what they are. Yeah, they are scrolls of dream message. Uh, mm. Gotcha. Into the arm they go. I can also just learn spells from scrolls. All I have to do is spend an hour feeding it to my cat, and then they appear on my spell list. Yeah, it's nice. awesome. <laughs> you got two of these, too, so you can probably do that if you want. As you did that, Tulok steps forward and says, Lump, what do you have there that you just tucked into your arm? Ah, I know. I know that you're new to our group here, but we generally share what we find and let each other know what it is. Perhaps someone could use it. I see. Uh, I've been on my own for quite a while. My apologies, and we'll open the arm back up and hold out the scrolls. Uh, they're scrolls of dream message. Are they wet? They are no. Now. No. <laughs> are they? Wet? I don't know. I don't know what the inside of his arms like. They're not wet, just moist. The inside of their arm is not wet. <laughs> just clammy. Clammy scrolls. <laughs> so Tulok takes one from them and turns over his shoulder to Izori. Perhaps you could use this. I think Sammy and I could learn this together, and then we'd have it at our disposal anytime we'd like. Yes. Thank you, Sage Tulok. If that's the same... For all spells, perhaps when we have a moment, you should look through 
I do have a couple scrolls here that you could take a look at. But we'll save that for when we rest. Yes, Sammy's quite young still, and it takes about an hour for him to just devour a full scroll. But yes, anything you have of the occult tradition, I should be able to add to my repertoire. Tulak nods. All right, so just just to be clear, I left one scroll on Blump yeah. for the other one on Azori. Cool. I want to send hate mail to somebody. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I kind of forget exactly what Dream Message does, but uh, it was it was basically what. Basically, uh, you can send a me- like basically one minute of speech, 150 words, and uh, if they're not. Oh, if they're not asleep, when they do go to sleep, they'll get your message. If they do, if they are asleep, they'll get it instantly. Oh, okay, right. So yeah, that's what he was using to communicate to Doriana's dreams. Yeah, and it could be a pretty good way of communicating back to Otari if we need to get a hold of Rin for anything or like yeah. Long Saddle or something. Mm-hmm. Long yeah. Saddle just closes his Very eyes great. and his head just rings out with "Suck my ass, Long Saddle." <laughs> <laughs> Level. Level level three spell well used. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, you're gonna check the other room. Check it for traps. Yep, you don't detect anything. You pop it open. You find a filthy silk pillow rests in the center of the room and is surrounded by several unlit candles. Several charcoal depictions draw directly on the stone walls. Feature a teenage girl. And a small wooden box sits in the corner of the room with a few more candles inside. Uh, search the room, scoop anything that looks like it might be interesting or valuable, and then show it to the gang. Uh, yeah, this one's this one's fun. Uh, you actually find that some of these candles are made of uh, rare waxes, making them Ooh. rather valuable. Uh, in total, the rare wax candles can will net you about 50 gold. And I thought to myself... What's a rare wax uh, that is worth burning? And uh, I think it's uh, I think it's dire bee uh, hive wax, <laughs> James. <laughs> oh, nice callback. <laughs> that's 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 gotta be what it is. Uh, the reason it's so yeah. valuable is because of how many people died collecting it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this like a mead thing? I feel like I. <laughs> This yeah, is a, I think this I've is told a, this story on Encounter this yeah. before. It's a callback to we did a Christmas D&D uh, session. It was around Christmas time uh, at James' place, and his fiance made uh, homemade creme de cacao, and we yeah. had a lot of Brandy Alexanders, and we yeah. spent the whole session getting drunk, and in-game went to a tavern and got drunk, and we role-played that for like three hours. Uh, well, yeah, maybe not the wild. full three hours. Uh, and James on the fly had come up with the fact there was dire bee mead uh, in the tavern. And there was like signs on the wall that indicated how many people died. Oh, it was tally marks directly on the cask. Yeah. Oh, it was on the cask. That, yeah. that indicated how much gold each cost as well. So if there yeah. were four tally marks, four people died to get the mead and it cost four gold pieces. <laughs> Jesus. They lost enough people. <laughs> It was Hell one of the yeah. funniest things I've ever heard. We were we were dying. <laughs> Lump is going to turn to Azori with a brown <laughs> candle. Be like, I, I don't quite know this scent. Do you know what it is? It's black cardamom. 
<laughs> uh, I thought it was uh, leshy earwax. <laughs> no, I, I know what that smells like. Everyone knows what that smells like. <laughs> Everyone knows. Oh, I'm just a fucking idiot then. <laughs> Black cardamom. What, what is that used for? Is it just a lovely scent? It can be used to flavor cuisine in the south of the Inner Sea region. Uh, very popular in Katapesh. Ah, I see. Well, thank you for sharing. Do you mind if I keep this one? Nope. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit about the candles. Here, you can have the pumpkin spice button. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw the valuable candles in Lump's inventory uh, as a bundle worth 50 gold. Meanwhile... Oh, the outside, Kruk has been ha- hammering away at the uh, at the old thing Going here. Going at it, singing a little tune. You know, I'm whacking the wall, give it a tag. Whacking the wall, because I want that egg bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone oh, happens all the time. <laughs> Just been right here a little tune. With every minute of it. Uh, yeah, you can have your hero point. Oh, I'm thanks. feeling generous. <laughs> Uh, Glash is somehow playing a harmonica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just doing a jig. All right, going to fast forward some time. Oh, Tulak, well, if you're fast forwarding time, is going to search for secret doors in all three of those rooms that Lewis ran. Okay. He's looking for a teleportation circle, to be exact. Okay. <laughs> How much time are we fast forwarding? Uh, we'll call it about 30 minutes. And uh, I just want to I just want to streamline this because it's kind of just dumb. Uh, you can you can break your way through. You like manage to like get a crack in the in the sort of transparent stone of this thing, and you can you get a little weak spot, and you just you know get to a broken um, a broken kind of condition, and, and you just like smash a hole through it, so you can get your hand inside and reach for the uh, the bag and the bracers. Yeah, being a labor lore expert, he knows his fulcrums and levers, so. Mm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, roll me a courtesy labor lore. Why not? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing. Because he's only trained. <laughs> 29. Ah, nailed it. With a U. <laughs> labor with a U. Uh, you knew exactly what to do. Uh, Tulok, what order do you search the rooms in? For secret doors? I search them the wax candle room, the office, then finally the map room. Okay. Um, you don't find anything. Okay. And uh, Krukka, you've got some braces and hag bag. I uh, I would like to identify them. Okay. I will need some uh, checks. Okay, crafting for all of it because he's got um, crafter's appraisal. Crafter's appraisal. Thank you. Oh my, aren't you fancy? Yeah, nope. I am quite unsophisticated. <laughs> what do you got? First one, 18. Stupefied, still not helping. And which one are you doing first? Uh, the bracers. Uh, no, I'm afraid you don't know what it is. Okay. Or what they are, other than bracers. Hmm. They brace. And next will be the hag bag. 22. Wow, two. Crap rolls. Three and a seven on the die. Well, that was totally worth all the effort. Actually, you know what? I'll give you the hag bag. I'm going to give you a... 
a circumstance bonus of plus one to get the meat to beat on that because it is uh, very similar to what Duffy is. It is a bag of holding type two. Duffy, we failed you a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Eat the bag, Duffy. Eat the bag. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Uh, not on the first date. Uh, uh, oh, oh, hello, hello, Miss Miss Bag. Hello. Oh, she, I don't think she. I don't think she likes me. Oh well. Str- strong, silent type, eh? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well, you'll warm up soon. It's, it's fine. Just come for a cuddle. No. Okay. <laughs> You'll just awkwardly oh, stuff the oh. bag over it, Duffy. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh. No, you don't want to put a bag of holding in a bag of holding. Is that a Pathfinder no. thing, too? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think they just shut themselves off now. I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't quite remember the rules on that, but uh, I don't I don't think they, they work... Um, yeah, I think one of them stops working. The one inside stops. Yeah. Okay, well, instead, he'll get weirded out by Duffy's interaction and stow the thing himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, she's uh, she's she's gonna wash her hair tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, yes, okay, of course. So long. <laughs> What's her name? What's her name? Does anyone know her name? She'll call you. She'll call me what? Hagatha. Hagatha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hagatha. That's a. Uh, Pretty name. And uh, Lump just getting more and more just like, all right. Kicks open the doors to get back out of here. Unless we want to try to brush through the stone wall up here, but I just feel like that's going to take forever. Or do we... Oh, sorry, I'll do it in care. Do we want to find a place to rest, or do we want to push forward and try to deal with that stone wall, or carry down a hallway? Hello? Hello? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> what? Can we lump, think? Lump, lump dies of embarrassment. Yeah. I'll <laughs> it's better to go down the hallway when we have all of our spells intact. If that army that we saw up there is in fact ready for us, perhaps we should prepare ourselves for them. There were very many demons that I saw up there, and if we can spend a night to rest, I can bring spells like invisibility, silence to my repertoire, and perhaps we can gain an advantage in that direction. We certainly have not been able to find an advantage at this level to begin with, nor have we found any let's call them back roads. I agree with Azori. We should rest first. Uh, Did we check what the bracers were? Did I miss that? Attempted and failed. Ah, what was the check? I rolled a check on it, but oh, did you? Yeah, it's in the chat. Well, to me, it's obvious to Azori, obviously, uh, because <laughs> uh, she knows exactly what uh, bracers of armor look like. Yeah, uh, that makes bra- sense. Bracers of armor one. They grant a plus one item bonus to AC and saving throws, uh, and a maximum dexterity modifier plus five. You can affix al- talismans to bracers of armor as if they were light armor. I don't know if they're any good to anyone here. <laughs> uh, yeah, Izori's going to take them. She just okay. slaps slaps them on. 
Uh, well, they 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 won't stack with your plus one on your explorer's clothing. So, oh, is that a circumstance bonus as well? No, they're both item bonuses. Oh, uh, never mind then. Yeah, she cool. throws them back at Krakow. <laughs> Shiku. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about Glastrumder? Uh, yeah, he could wear them. Oh yeah. How much are they worth? How? Mm, Four hundred fifty gold. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Bag of holding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's gonna so, die eventually. Like, <laughs> when we can get our shit back when we separate from him. Like, here we're gonna lend these to you. Fine. It's like Glass is looking around, but like, why they're debating my death and my <laughs> lifetime <laughs> contract? We'll get these back when you're a fine red mist. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be the name of the podcast that week. Okay. So bed down in here. That's what we decided, eh? Uh, well, maybe not in the museum full of dangerous creatures, mm-hmm. but if we want to bed down in, in the weird old uh, room full of pinned hands or the smelly pillow room, that would make a little more sense to me. Get some nice candles. You also have you also have the, the garrison that you were you had before um, that you, you kind of rested in briefly before. There's no there's only one entrance to it. Right, but the whole thing about that is the sneaking past all the demons that are down the hall. Uh, again, devils. Uh, diabolic, not demonic. Um, and uh, they were, in fact, flesh warps, mostly, that you saw down there. I think the sneaking past is the part that we're most hung up on. <laughs> well, I just want, I just don't want the listeners to be confused by all of your inaccuracies. I like to think of it as bigotry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm racist against demons and devils. <laughs> I am going to cut that to just say I'm racist. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's what, it's what my character would do. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. <laughs> uh, where are you resting? Uh, also, if you want, there are, there are two other creatures you haven't identified in this uh, uh, in this museum, as you put it. If you wanted to roll some checks on those. As soon as we find out where we're resting, we can try and identify them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure we identified this one. The one with you the big not. gullet maw. Oh, didn't we um, fight one oh, of those before? Oh, actually... I'm pretty sure we did, because we fought one. I think one. you did. Yeah, yeah damn. I, rem- I kind of do remember uh, describing its, its like face and stuff. Um, that might have been just before the witch fire attacked. It was exactly right. before the witchfire yeah. attack, but I did not write any of it down. It's called a gug. They're very clever, intelligent underground creatures. I have it written down as a neck mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's one you haven't uh, haven't uh, identified yet. Does it have a tattoo on his abdomen that says "gug life"? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But yet. you should. Let's break down that force field and see what happens. <laughs> Are we resting in this like little offshoot room where we just messed up the uh, the denizen, or are we heading back to the garrison? Yeah, let's go in. Go just duck into there, freshly dead room. Light some candles. Have a nice little cool, little chill session. And the uh, giant crawling claw. You want to exp- dispose of that out of the room? <laughs> yes, please. Tulak might find it peaceful. Yeah, could like use it as a futon <laughs> or like one of those hand chairs. All right, do you guys have a rest? Get yourselves healed up. Are we are we talking? We're talking full full long rest. Yeah, I gotta get rid of that stupid fight. 
Man, uh, we've got a five-person party here. How, how does the watch work now? The five people will take you about ten hours, two hours each watch. We'll just let my cat watch, and we can all sleep. Okay. Everyone just crashes? Heck yeah. All right. Well, I'll just fast forward eight hours. Yeah, so she's going to feed Sammy that scroll of dream message. Uh, okay. <laughs> After about eight hours of rest, it is now almost one in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, you guys were up late. Big day. Feeding dream message to the cat. Adding that to the old yep. spell list. That's great. Need to do anything? Oh, we, I, I assume you're going to try and uh, get rid of some of these curses again. That would be the dream. Kruka's stupefied is going to go down by one, so he's no longer stupefied. And Tulak is now stupefied one instead of two. At some point, Sammy uh, sees Lump wake up and say some prayers to their pantheon. Just give me strength to overcome the struggles before me. Do not let me give in to despair and let me find vengeance against those that have wronged me. And just keeps repeating that for an hour to get their spells back. I love it starts out with like such a classic like <laughs> religious like thing and then it just ends with let me get vengeance. <laughs> like ah, and it's so calm, it's just unnerving. <laughs> Tulok's just kind of maybe like 30 minutes into this, Tulok wakes up and just like you know when you're awake and you try to look through your eyes but as if they're not actually open, like you're like looking through your eyelashes. He just does that, and it's just, he just is staring at Lump's face and just his eyes, which are mouths, just in unison, just saying these words. And he's just like, kind of like that that thing that they use in uh, movies where like the focus is going in, but it looks like it's like getting closer or farther away, like that yeah. camera effect, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like that, just like going in on his eyes. Mouth eyes. Uh, so I'm ready to rock. I've changed out a couple spells. Must be nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, are we doing some more counteract checks? I sure hope so. Uh, yeah. Let's. I guess we should split them up, eh? Uh, I will cast Nudge Fate on Tulok for this. Uh, okay. Tulok will cast Guidance upon himself as well. Uh, they won't stack. They're both status bonuses. Just throwing it out there. Fine. He doesn't cast Guidance. <laughs> it was a 22. Bitch! DC's 26? Uh, yeah. 26, yes. Okay, he'll go one more time. She'll cast Nudge Fate again? Nope. 18. Roll over a 10. Yeah, you rolled a 6 and a 2. Okay, I'm going one more time. There we go. That's a fucking roll, finally. 34. (laughs) All right, that will do it. Is that on me or Glash? That was on you. Okay, thank you. I only need to roll a 10 that whole time. Brutal. Then we go That's back to sleep for another like eight hours to get our sorcerer back for their three fourth level spell slots. <laughs> so nah, brutal. we'll be fine. You know, I'm just gonna fucking 
use telekinetic projectile anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not prepare, bother preparing it there, uh, Cam? No. You didn't? No, no one told me to. <laughs> I thought you said you were going to for our buddy Glash. Well, you know what they say about NPCs. Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> Burn them. Don't give them any loot. Wait till they die. Yeah. <laughs> Did we give them the stupid bracers in the end? No. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, he's so dead. Lump will cast light on the Aeon Stone floating over their head. Shall we proceed? Tulok, having a change of mind, turns to Glash and says, Here, may these help you in your quest with us. Uh, oh, you're going to give the bracers over? That's right. We'll get him when he's dead. I'm actually... <laughs> I think that they don't help because... Is it a status or an item bonus? It's an item bonus. Is that, I don't think they'll stack with the hide armor. He will not. So. Oh, yeah, because armor, armor is an item bonus all its own. I forgot about that. Yep. No dice. They're they're pretty much good for a caster with no armor and hasn't bothered to buy it. Caster or that's, monk. That's yeah. basically it. Yeah, <laughs> or a monk, yeah. And uh, Lump will... Are we ready? Yeah. Uh, Sammy disappears like into this, this gilded fog that sneaks its way up Azori's arm. And there's a <laughs> flash of golden light as it turns back into her tattoo. A gilded fog. <laughs> Those two yep. words are probably very seldom placed together. <laughs> I love it. Have you ever been to a foam party with somebody wearing sequins? Nope, definitely not. Pretty much looks like that. <laughs> yeah. There's a very select uh, few people in our audience who knows exactly what that is. <laughs> that is oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> Kruka, I, I have a spell that may assist if we plan to just barrel down the hallway and go um what's the expression uh fuck up those fiends ah yes cast fuck up upon me <laughs> and uh i will turn and cast heroism on Krucka. oh yeah the last for 10 minutes eh great oh yeah and heroism again status bonus to attack rolls and perception check saving throws and skill checks it's awesome yep and so Krucka and lump uh, do the buddy cop nod at each other, kick open the door simultaneously, and uh, we take off running down the hallway, I guess. If everyone else is okay with that. <laughs> Yelling pew pew the whole way. I, I love the idea of you just like cast your resume and just look at Krucka, give a nod, and Krucka immediately knows what's going Krucka, on. Krucka, who famously picks up on social cues so well. <laughs> Definitely read this in a book somewhere. <laughs> they both trip on the way out the door. <laughs> no. you, 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 you read a lot of fantasy, uh, the fantasy version of Tom Clancy novels. <laughs> I'm the third Hardy boy. Fool Hardy. It's a famous gnome Alkenstar uh, uh, novelist, uh, Tom Fancy. <laughs> All right. So you kick the doors open, march into the room. Krucka, I think, is the only one who can actually see the full distance. Oh, yeah, you can. Uh, I would like to throw out there, actually, that now that my light spell, uh, Cantrip, has leveled up, it is 60 feet of bright light and then followed by another 60 feet of dim light. Well, oh, it's yeah. 60 bright, 60 dim? Yep. Yep. Whoa, that's a lot. Shine bright like a diamond? Well, it's about 85 feet away, so yeah, you just... 
burst the door open. Little flames come around the frame of the door. You all barrel into the hallway and look down there, and just this light spills from you all the way down the hall. And uh, well, I mean, it's not actually now that I now that I say that uh, I forgot uh, that it's, it's like it, this whole level does appear to be uh, uh, kind of dim anyway. I think from all the di diabolic symbols and stuff. I just cut my finger. How the hell did I do that? The hell did I cut that on? Duncan's razor sharp wit. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm bleeding. Why? One of Cam's spells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrifying. Um. Yeah, and I didn't say lump. Cam spells. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know he had a vendetta. Uh, okay, and uh, so yeah, you can see down at the far end of this. Uh, so, for the listeners, kind of a long hallway goes into a circular, a nice circular room that uh, you've seen several times. Uh, the stairs that would lead down these 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 sort of like last two levels, including this level, uh, and. Um, past the circular room the hallway extends a bit further into a large sort of hexagonal room almost and there is a single uh barbazu uh that is standing with its back to you facing uh a, a six there are six grothlets that are sort of like lined up in front of them kind of just like swaying back and forth and paying attention to the barbazu and we we head there to go. Does anyone remember the name of that contract demon? Eurevian. And was that a Barbazu? No, it's a Fistophilus. No. Thank you. We just got part of their pendant. So the pendant is maybe part of the contract. I don't. I don't know. Okay, lead the way. I'll be in the back. All right, get yourselves in a marching order in the hallway and. Uh, Start, uh, start marching. And, uh, are you just, like, marching confidently towards them, or are you peeling? Are you running? Uh, what's lump speed? I think, I think we're just fucking going, yeah. unless some, like, seriously, like, lump, understand, fiend, you know, there's not a whole lot of talking unless you really want to, uh, risk, uh, you know, deception Kid. through legalese. Yeah. Getting contracted. <laughs> so, if there's one thing Kraken knows, it's a sudden charge. Yeah. <laughs> Zori kind of face palms as she was about to cast silence and invisibility, but uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> lets this happen, I guess. I, I have ten minutes on heroism. We can absolutely do invisibility and silence. There's nothing stopping it. Well, you want to do that? Yeah, she'll cast invisibility on Krucka and silence on uh, Lump. As Krucka goes invisible, he'd like to draw an acid flask. You know what? Just to fucking be a part of this, Tulak will cast invisibility on Lump. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Azori herself will take the avoid notice action. Is this the second level spell or the... Second level. Sorry. Not as fun. No, no, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> That's not what I'm getting at here. This I was talking to James because silence means that I can't do my scream and I cannot like do the auditory trait. No, I, I appreciate where you're going with it. I'm just saying that like I can't intimidate. Well, I, I have intimidating glare. Never mind. Yeah, keep it. No, that's cool. <laughs> you you tell me what what buffs and debuffs you want. I can cast slow too if you want. <laughs> on me 
Sweet. And I'll haste you right after. <laughs> no, I'm good with silence. Invisible. All right. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I've put you all into an initiative uh, or to the combat tracker. Um, can you all roll initiative for me, please? I'm avoiding notice. Rek no is problem. avoiding notice as well. I assume everyone's avoiding notice at this m- moment. Unless your stealth is worse than your perception. Yep, I'm not. I mean, when you avoid notice, you don't have to roll stealth for initiative. It just gives you the option. Uh, wouldn't two luck stupefied have gone or changed? Or did he have two? I did. I yeah, two. Oh, okay. Two. Yeah. Just sorry, bud. Let's try It's okay. I'm pretty chill. Um. All right. So let's start the combat. We've got Kruka at the start. Uh. So we haven't done this. I don't. I don't think really ever. But uh, avoiding notice, Kruka, you can move at half speed. And at the end of that, we're going to roll you a stealth check. Okay. Uh, so he wants to get up to within 20 feet of this Barbazu. Okay. So uh, ro- move half speed first for your first action. Okay. I've rolled it. Uh, let me just double check what I'm rolling against here. She stares straight at you. <laughs> Bail. Bail. Okay. Uh, want to move your next uh, 10 feet? Slow and steady. Uh, you just got a natural 20, so I'm going to give you your next 10 feet for free. Okay, slightly faster and steady. Bam. Okay. Uh, Tulak, you're up. These corridors are exactly why I didn't want to rush in. <laughs> yeah, the corridors ahead. because Yeah, the, there are, there's corridors to the east and the west once you get to the circular room, right? <laughs> uh, okay, Tulak, uh, you get 10 feet as well. Is that right? Yep. Okay, so you moved one. I've rolled it. Move again. Another 10. And then we'll hide. And then hide. Okay. Uh, Okay, next up is Lump. Same deal, I guess. If you want to roll them. I'm just going to catch up to Krukka. You have have silence on. I think that affects this, doesn't it? Uh, only if my armor had the noisy trait. The target makes no sound, so they should be able to move at full speed. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're fine. You can just you can just rock up where you want. Yeah, and you're invisible. I forgot too. Invisibly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Damn, I forgot about that already. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, okay. This is some mad pre-buff, guys. <laughs> Rage shield. Mad pre-buff. Uh, okay, you stride way up at Ray shield. Uh, I just want to point out real quick that as you get to the center of that room, you can see to the uh, uh, east and west. To the east, there is uh, appears to be, uh, a, at the end of the hallway, a single door. Uh, and next to that, to the north of, of that door into the center of that door, there are double doors on each side. To the west... Uh, you can see basically the same thing. Again, double doors kind of north and uh, and south uh, sides of the end of the hallway. But at the far end is this massive door. This massive, like, wall door with a big, glowing pentagram on it. Hail Satan. Okay. So Scott <laughs> was right. Fetch quest. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge, hugely impressive door. It's like blazing, this pentagram with fire. Hey, we got a piece of a pentagram. I wonder if that's related. There's also, uh, I wonder, there's also the stairs that lead up 
into this circular room as you would have predicted. But there were stairs that lead down as well, but they are uh, filled with rubble. Uh, choke the rubble, dust, and boulders, and inaccessible. Uh, is that this one here, Freeman? Yeah, that one there, yeah. Define inaccessible for me. Is it a place I could possibly hunker down and take cover in? Mm, maybe that first square, but the uh, yeah. it's definitely going to be difficult terrain if you want to try and like climb across it or over it. No, no, I'm just thinking about places for Azori to duck behind and yeah. use the take cover action specifically. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Glassdrum Dur is up. Uh, do, 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 do. moving up to two luck for two actions uh, then stealth and just yep that's all he gonna do okay uh, gonna roll a couple of stealth checks how many did you move all three uh, or just two and then hide yep and then hide and then hide okay alright and Zori same deal, two strides and a hide, but she's trying to hide behind Glastrumder. Okay. <laughs> you might have better luck behind Tulak. Yeah, but Tulak's not expendable. <laughs> it's the worst. True. <laughs> okay. Uh, next round, top of the order with Krukka. Okay, I guess we continue the stealth forward ten feet at a time. Stressful. Yeah, yeah. You can see as you're getting closer, like this, uh, this uh, Barbazu is like kind of like uh, seems to be like waving its weapon around uh, in like these slow motions, trying to like you know keep the attention of what you know to be mindless creatures. And like every once in a while, their attention like wavers off a bit, and then kind of comes back in um, as he uh, as he kind of keeps doing this. And Kruk, you're going to move uh, three more times. Yep. Um, and as you get to your third movement, you kind of kick a little pebble. And uh, the Barbazu just kind of like um, goes to turn his head. And then he catches one of the uh, one of the Grothlets like meandering off. He's like, well, turns back around. And he's like, just that. And it kind of waves his weapon around and pulls his attention back. Tulak. Two lock will delay. Two lock delays. Lump. Uh, Lump is going to move forward 25 feet on a stride. Okay. And then I had something cool, but I think we're just going to do this the easier way. And is going to... Wait, with silence, can I cast spells? cannot but if you wait until or if you want to delay until after my turn I can dismiss auditory traits I don't have the auditory trait on spellcasting it's it's the verbal trait yeah I th yeah I think they I'm pretty sure even though it's it's kind of a murky area but I'm pretty sure they have the uh, auditory trait they have verbal and that's the last sentence that I didn't read to yet mm -hmm. uh yep we'll just uh, raise shield again, and okay. that will be their turn. Okay, glass drum door. Doing a little doot, 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 doot. Gnome noises moving forward. Get okay. it? No noise. Never mind. Okay. Uh, he seems to stumble a little bit at first, but he catches himself, and then as he gets farther and farther, he, he like really steals himself and gets nice and quiet. 
Izori. She'll move her 20 feet, and with her last action, she will dismiss silence on um, Lump. Okay. And Tulak will hop in here. Uh, okay. Dismiss silence on Lump. Tulak hops in behind Azori. Moves 20 feet. Um, and then hides. Okay. And uh, following Glash's, like, lead, you both stumble a little bit in your first movements. Like, oh, crap oh like he just kicked something or whatever and like but you both also managed to like steal yourselves as well and get into a good position that's you two luck yes okay that brings us back to Kruka in round three I, I think it might be go time uh silence is off okay what do you do Kruka uh one last ten foot stride forward Yep, you you do a slow stride forward. You're good. He's going to take a nod to a lump. That you can't see. Which he can't see. He's going to <laughs> <you're> both invisible. <laughs> nod to the hallway and hope that uh, <laughs> that translates. And uh, I guess it's time to thro- throw an acid flask at the Burbazu. If it, makes you, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, lump could tell you nodded. Yeah. Motion sense. <laughs> Motion sense, Perfect. yeah. All right, Krukka, holding that flask in hand, gets ready to lob it, and uh, that's what we're going to call it. No! (laughs) (laughs) So much buildup, and then just like, nope, actually, wait a whole week. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.